October 24th, 2021. It's been a little bit of time in between this class and the past one, but past ones. But let's continue in the series of hotels in Halacha, in which, of course, we address different relevant and prevalent issues which arise over the course of anyone and everyone who's uh, staying abroad or in any place on vacation or for business or work-associated situations. Find yourself in a hotel, and there are always many questions in the past and the in the present, I'm always asked those questions in text messages and phone calls. So perhaps it is and was an opportunity for us to develop these in a class series, the Hotels and Halakha series. And this week, let's address showering on Shabbat. Of course, showering on Shabbat is an issue that would arise uh, in our homes uh, just as much as in a hotel. It's just that in hotels for quite some time, I've always been told by individuals who speak to me in general about uh, showering on Shabbat, they say, but when it comes to hotels, of course, there are more leniencies, which of course always begs the question, is that so? Or is there something that they're missing or we're missing? So over the course of this class, what I'd like to do is to bring you through any of the relevant issues, hopefully hitting a bottom line, which will be dependent on a specific reality, which we'll address. It's very important that you listen from beginning to end in terms of addressing each of the issues because there are several issues. And if you think for a moment that we hit the only issue in the initial uh, discussion, well, you'll be missing the final issue, which is probably the most relevant issue in terms of difficulties uh, with regards to showering on Shabbat. Okay, well, with that introduction, let's start with the first source. The Gemara in Masechet Shabbat and Daf Mem Amud Aleph. The Gemara is dealing with Rechitsa on Shabbat, bathing on Shabbat. What should be the problem of bathing on Shabbat? Well, of course, you'll tell me heating up water. There's a specific violation of Bishul on Shabbat. Havara, if you were to ignite the flame to heat up that water. But the Gemara is dealing not with those circumstances, rather with water that was heated up before Shabbat. So imagine a day and time in which you weren't getting freshly heated water on a constant uh, basis, but rather you had to do it in advance. You had water heated up before Shabbat. You had a way of, 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 of keeping it hot until the morning, let's say, or even nighttime, Friday night. And you want to go into the bathhouse in order to enjoy yourself in a hot bath. Is that permitted or prohibited on Shabbat? Well, what, the issue, what should the issue be? You're not doing Havara. You're not igniting. You're not doing Bishul on Shabbat. What the Hacham I mean, we're specifically nervous about is that if we're to permit this, not on a biblical level, it's certainly permitted from the Torah, but if we'll permit it, it will lead to people lighting the flame on Shabbat, and in turn, Bishul on Shabbat as well. So it was a Gezerah, which we'll read about in just a moment, which was underlain by a fear of the Hachamim, something that they saw taking place, that these bathhouses, there were no or very few private bathhouses, the public bathhouses, people are going to be heating up the water, and in turn, people are going to be going there to freshly heated water on Shabbat. How can we prevent that from happening? Should we prohibit all bathing on Shabbat? So the Hachamim didn't do so. Itmar says the Gemara, Hamin shohu hamu of Shabbat. Again, those are our words. If it was on Shabbat, Hamin the hot water, then of course you have a problem. This was heated up before Shabbat. Ravamar lemahar, the next day, in other words, on Shabbat, rohetz bahen kol gufo ever ever. Says Rav, one of the Emoraim, 
It says what you can do is on Shabbat, you can really bathe your entire body. However, ever ever, which means to say there's no dunking in the bathtub. You'd have to take limb by limb and separately and individually bathe them, clean them. Why would you have to do it in such a way? Hachamim are nervous that you're going to come to heating the water. Do this in a different, uh, maybe funny, more uh, cumbersome, difficult way to do it. That's the way you can do it. Shmuel Amar. Shmuel's statement is, not even so, you can't even bathe separately, arm and arm leg and leg. You can't even do that. All you can do is, his specific words, panav yadav your face, your hands, and your feet. Now, it's generally assumed by most of the Mepharshim to the Gemara, when he refers to panav yadav it's not only your face, hands, and legs. Rather, what he's referring to is not the entirety of your body. Not even the majority of your body. So he's referring to, for argument's sake, I don't know how you'd exactly calculate this, 49% of your body can be bathed, according to Ra, according to Shimuel, with water which was uh, prepared before Shabbat. Um, why, again, is the re- what's the reason for that? Same reason. The fear is Gezerat Balanim. We're fearful that the people who administer, who are in charge of these uh, bathhouses, will heat up the water on Shabbat. Then the Gemara continues and it describes a little bit more in terms of the development of this Gezerat. The Amar B, maybe it should say, Shimon ben Pazi, my typo. Amar B Yoshua ben Levi, Mishum Bar Kapara. But Tehillah, initially, Hayuro Hasin Behamin, Shu Hamu Me'ed of Shabbat. That was the custom. That's the way people did it. It was Shabbat. I wanted to look good. I wanted to feel good. Not only am I going to sleep well and eat well, I'm going to bathe well. I mean, we're all familiar with such a luxury. Hitailu habbalanim. Those are the words I was describing to you before. And the balan is the individual who heats up the bathhouse, people in charge of it. Lehahem Shabbat. Now, it was much more convenient. Instead of having it prepared before Shabbat and making certain that it stayed hot, you could have the hottest bathhouse in town. And you wouldn't have to tell anyone. But you're being overi, surim, on Shabbat. So I would invite you and say, I have the hottest bathhouse in town. However, I'm doing it on Shabbat without telling you. The rabbis realized this. It became an exposed secret. So there were stages in this. Initially, they said, okay, so no bathing in the hot water. What you could do is you could walk in in order to sweat. I don't know if Syrians are so excited about this, but my grandfather, my Hungarian grandfather, was certainly very, and my Romanian, more specifically, grandfather, would love the Schwitz. That's what he did in his retirement. I went with him more than once to his Florida estate, not estate, home, and he had the Schwitz as part of the, what's a Schwitz in, in, in the vernacular? The Schwitz means to sweat. I imagine people know from Larry David or something like that. But anyways, that's a description of, of, of something that was once done, even until today. People do it for health reasons, or maybe it feels good when you come out and you have that sweat on you. You certainly, in the context of exercise on Shabbat, that is a very important word. Lehaziah, in the context of exercising on Shabbat, people get nervous about that. That's the halakha. If the exercise is with the expressed purpose of ze'av, sweating, that's when it's problematic. Again, we're envisioning a health benefit. That's what But what happened was they would leave the bathhouses open as well and people would say, I'm just entering in to sweat a little bit. But they'd end up going into the water, which only perpetuated the issue of the uh, the attendants of the bathhouse were actually heating the water on Shabbat. The rabbis not looking to give a blanket isur then said, okay, so hot springs, natural hot water is still permitted. 
It's only the sweating or the bathing in the artificially heated water. I'd encounter you on the street. I'd be dripping with water. And you'd say, where'd you, where'd you just bathe? I would say, I bathed in the natural hot springs. When in reality, I was bathing in the tub. And as a result, this issue was still not solved. So the rabbis in their final state of these gezerot, being sensitive to the challenges on the ground, said, all right, we'll still permit cold water baths and bathing, but any hot water is prohibited. Okay, so many gezerot along the way, restriction after restriction, trying to uphold it, and to the extent that now it just doesn't hold. You've tightened it too much. People are rebelling instead of listening to the cold water. People are just not listening at all. So they were willing to permit a bit. They gave a little wiggle room with regards to the naturally heated uh, springs. But even sweating with the uh, artificially with the human uh, uh, heated water was still prohibited. This is the Gemara with regards to the Hisan Shabbat. This is it. It gives you the history. It gives you the bottom line. Of Rav and Shemuel, how does Shochan Aruch? How's he posek lahalacha? The Gemara seemed pretty clear in presenting to us the history and the bottom line. Shochan Aruch or Rachaim Siman Shem Chavav Saifalif Asur Lerhot Kol Gufo. First and foremost, it's clear he's going like the second opinion. Shemuel, you may not bathe your entire body. Afilu Kol Ever Ve'Ever Levad. Even if you're doing it limb by limb. Now again, he didn't tell us yet if he's talking about hot water, cold water, warm water. But he's right now, he's being very clear. It's not only that the water was heated with Isur, it's even for Shabbat, it's permitted. Whether it's in a utensil, whether it's lying on the ground, which has ramifications with regard to naturally heated water, which he talks about afterwards, not our issue. It's not only dunking, it's even to splash the water on you. In other words, maybe I'd say it, I'd narrow it and say it specifically. That's the statement of Shemuel. What you're allowed to do is only parts of your body. How much? Says Rama, This is this is quoting from Bet Yosef. You just have to make sure. What's kol gufo? 99%? No. Rubo kekula, which means say 49%. Again, calculate accordingly. Or don't, according to this, really just, you know, don't get into hot water, it appears. This is specifically with water which was heated by fire, right? That's what we established. That was the final stage in the Gemara. If you're dealing with natural spring water, then it's permitted to go into that natural water. Interestingly, he tells us, and certainly with cold water. It goes without stating. Without stating, that's what the Gemara told us. That was the last stage. We permitted the various. We left you with cold water, and then we scaled it back in terms of the Hametiveria. But when all the dust settles with regards to source one and source two, the Gemara and Shabbat and Dafmem, and Siman Shin Chavav, it's not looking very good for someone, even if, in some theoretical sense, they have heated water beforehand to step into the shower or into the bath on Shabbat, because the Gemara is only permitting. Harambam is only permitting, according to the opinion of Shimuel the more stringent opinion, the 49% of your body to get into a shower, I guess you could, you know, angle yourself in some way and clean specific parts, assuming there are no other issues, but nothing more and nothing less 
than that. What about historically, Al-Pi Halacha? Is this something we've done? Is this something they've done? Is this something anyone's done? Has there been bathing on Shabbat? Well, be mindful of the fact that private showers is somewhat of a new phenomenon. This is not something that goes back many decades, so you're not going to have much discussion in the books of the Puskim about private showers. As a matter of fact, we'll see it later on, Rav Moshe Feinstein makes a point of this. He's searching for what's the Minhag Kadum on this, at the very least Ashkenazic, long-standing Minhag. He says, I can't really tell you, because in Europe, we didn't have these things until the very end. I'm not even certain he says until the very end. He says, it's an American thing. Okay, but before that, what's the Ashkenazic tradition on this, let's call it? So it goes as far back, Shelot Teshubot Maharil, later on in Terumat and Maharil, Yaakov Molin is important for Ashkenazim, very important. He's a late 14th, a late 13th century into 14th century rabbi. He's an important authority with regards to Ashkenazic German customs, and he makes clear the context not not important for us in the current moment. Minhag pashut. When you use the word pashut in this context, it doesn't mean it's simple. It means it's widespread. Listen to that. Even in cold water, he says in Germany, 800 or so years ago, we're not even bathing in cold water. What's the reason? There's gezerot. Well, the Gemara told us the gezerot. The gezerot all had to do with heating water. And so forth. What are his issues? He's fearful that there'll be squeezing of hair or of a towel. And furthermore, if you're coming out of a river, if you're coming out of some sort of public lying or next to a public domain river or, or lake or bath, you're then going to carry the water which is on you or on the clothing that you're wearing. That was the issue. The issues were squeezing hair, squeezing hair at most, generally speaking, mainstream halakha is in Yisur de Rabbanan, but it's rabbinical, rabbinical violation. It's how we generally assume. Squeezing a towel could constitute an Yisur min ha-Torah of, 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 of dishav, squeezing of sahitan is a derivative of it. And carrying, of course, hotza is in Yisur min ha-Torah, and ha'avara al-ba'amot is, is in Yisur min ha-Torah. Those are the fears. Now, certainly not the fears, I'd imagine, and certainly not with my hairline in terms of squeezing hair. Uh, most, well, there's some people who have a little bit more hair in the room. Um, a, a woman might have that issue. It's a gezerah. That's not to say, that's saying that this was their prevalent custom. That's not to say this is something you can't circumvent or you can't deal with, assuming that you're careful with it. Um, but, but those are the statements in terms of the classically followed Ashkenazic custom that they wouldn't bathe even in cold water on Shabbat. Again, it's copied in a different context by Trumat Hadesh in 150, 200 years later. So according to the third reasoning, yeah. how do they get around walking out in the rain? going to shul in the rain, and it's raining, and you're carrying the droplets. That's that derech halicha. That's derech halicha. Over here, you have, uh, first and foremost, you're carrying a towel. It's not only the droplets. You haven't, you haven't necessarily, you know, there's a, there are, there, there's a very different, you know, uh, reality when you're just walking through the rain, or when you just bathe yourself, and you have a lot of hair, and it's still on your hair, and you haven't dried yourself properly. But additionally, you're carrying utensils with you. These were the fears. Again, you need not nitpick pick at them, other than to realize and to, not accept, but as late as Magen Abraham, several hundred years, uh, you know, 150 years after Turmat Adeshin, he records this matter-of-factly. We don't do this bathing thing. Shohan Aruch has several mentions of it in specific. We don't do this because of these issues. It's copied by Mishnah Burra as well. There's a long-standing Ashkenazic type of custom or practice in which they weren't bathing. Rav Moshe Feinstein, again, living in America on the Lower East Side, passes away in 1986 in Shelot Moshe here in Ora Haim Chelek Dalit Siman Ayin He addresses this issue. So he says, listen, to 
tell you the truth, we don't really have, as I mentioned a few moments ago, a strong standing custom with regards to bathing in cold water on Shabbat. Now keep in mind as well, Rav Moshe Feinstein's methodology, generally speaking, although he had that broad perspective of Talmud and Poskim, his, his bottom line on a consistent basis was, what do we do? Uh, it's attested to by his students when it came to matters like, uh, these are the easiest ones, but he did it on many other issues, like uh, when he was still slaughtering animals and turning to the rabbi for a kashrut uh, question, you know, the woman would bring an animal, he would call a shohet. Why are you calling the shohet? Do you know the halakot? I mean, wrong word, Jeffrey teaches. Me, that's not how we use words, Safet. Masoret, he was very into Masoret on all such matters, on Safrut, called the Sofer, who has a tradition on this. In Halakha, by and large, his approach was, what we've done is, Kehila Kadisha Minhag Yisrael Torahi, and as a result, there's an inherent uh, status to, and validity to, what's been practiced. This is an issue where, I mean, many, many novel issues, I mean, you can imagine, we talked about microwaves on Shabbat, and uh, new ovens, and electricity, and air conditioning, and so forth, those are real new issues, you can't have some tradition on that. Something like bathing, you'd say you have tradition, so that's what Moshe finds, so we don't really. He says, because all the tradition we have was with regards to bathing in the river, bathing in the public uh, bathhouse. What about bathing in your bathtub, bathing in your shower? I can't really give you a bottom line on that. And as a result, he's quite clear on this, that he sees lots of room, likula, on this. Again, he's talking about cold showers. He says, but there is a minhag in this country, America, uh, to be mahmir. He says, I'm not certain why. He says, if it's all because this is what we did in the past and they just continued this, then it's minhag ta'ut. We should do away with it. If alternatively, there's still a fear, and the initial iteration, the initial practice, there was a fear of the squeezing or there was some other fear, okay, so then perhaps there is a validity to this minhag. And as a result, he concludes in a little bit of an equivocal state. It's not 100% bottom line on this, but he seems somewhat clear that there's lots of room lehakil on this matter with regards to bathing, taking a shower in your own home, in a cold shower. Again, he can turn back to Talmud. The Gemara in source number one was quite clear. Shohan Aruch was blatantly clear. Shohan Aruch didn't have any issues like the Mahalil of squeezing or any of the other... He doesn't address any of those issues. It's certain that if you were to ask him, I'm 100% certain, he would tell you, hey, Alan, just be careful not to squeeze. Just be careful that you're drying, you're not carrying yourself. There's no question. But there was no gizera of that sort during his time, and he wasn't setting out to, to, to do so. This was, generally speaking, to the best of my knowledge, an Ashkenazi gizera. It's not to discount it, but to the extent that it was an Ashkenazi gizera, Rav Moshe Feinstein says it's not even one that necessarily has bearing on today. All right, well, that being the case, year? what's that? Do we know what year? You said he's going to 86, but do you know what year he wrote it? You'd like, have to check. Is it 40s? Is it 80s? You'd have to check. I'm not certain it makes a difference with regards to this, because, again, he's not talking about heated water. Well, it's a cold shower. Why would a cold shower be different today than it was then? Well, all right. Well, that being the case, again, you know, I'll, I'll read to you just the last paragraph to, to really, uh, it's on page two at the top. It says, Even though I didn't find in the books. He wants to find in the books. I don't want to find in the books a, a, a suggestion. Maybe the reason people don't take showers, even in cold ones, Ashkenazim, he's describing in America, 
America is a mistake. He says, if you're able to, it's not, it's not, it's not oh, just straight out the forbidding, but he's very clearly saying that there's makom lehakil. What about a Sephardic posek in the last, uh, let's call it, 30, 40 years? was asked this question, cold showers. We're not up to cold, hot showers yet. We're not up to any of the other issues other than cold showers. Shohan Aruch was very clear about this. The only issue we'd be grappling with is this minhag because of the Gezerah. It says, Can you take a regular shower, regular bath on Shabbat if it's cold? Whatever that is. Even in bathhouses. I don't even know if we really have bathhouses any longer. Oh, the Schwitzes. That's what he's describing. He's describing in my grandfather's apartment building. Hamam is a Turkish bath. That's good to have you here. A Turkish bath. So he says, still going to be permitted, mutar lechot. But maybe I should have a gezerah that you're going to come to sweating. No, but it's cold water. The Gemara was clear. So you hear those words, Alan, where Shohan Aruch didn't warn you of that. He's well aware of the history on this. Hamam says, just be careful. Don't, don't squeeze. Okay. Well, what we've addressed, what we've uh, dealt with is the history on this matter um, with regards to Gemara and Shohan Aruch That's really the only thing we've been dealing with in Isur Rabbanan or Rabbinic Prohibition. We've then addressed whether cold water is a part of it. We've somewhat clearly stated that Bizman has in today's day and age, hard to at the very least, but even more than that for Svaradim to make an argument against cold showers at any time during the year on Shabbat. All right, well, let's, let's move a bit further. What does it mean to have hot water? How are we defining the word hot water? After all, we're tap, tapping back into an early gezerah from the rabbis in the Gemara. What did it mean, hot water? Perhaps it means only so hot, and as a result, if I make my showers less hot, I'm not a part of that original gezerah of gezerah tabalanim. Now, this is not addressing bishul or havana or any of those issues that we will later in the class. It's just addressing if I have a hot shower, however I got to it, but it's not, quote, hot enough. What is that shiru? The Gemara was never clear to us. Rav Moshe Feinstein, right beforehand in that Teshubayim Chalik Dalid of Orachayim Siman Ayin Dalid, Mawa Shi'ur Ha'chom B'mayim She'asur L'Rchot Bahim B'Shabbat. What is the measurement of Isur Chom? Shi'ur Ha'chom, he writes, D'mayim Hamin She'asur L'Rchot Hu'af Chom Katan. And then when the Gemara says hot water, it says hot water. That's right. What's hot water? It means hot water. This is one of my favorite types of lines. Oh, no, but could you give me a measurement? He will when he talks about Yatzoledet. He says, the Gezera, the Gemara is quite clear. It's called hot water. Oh, what? Even a little hot water. And to the extent that, and I mean this seriously, this has been taken very seriously long before of Moshe Feinstein. Sheilot Shvot Hacham Sevi, Siman Yod Al, Hacham Sevi, his name was Rabbi Tzvi Ashkenazi, he was a late 17th century, early 18th century related, early 18th century, it wouldn't be so far, he was a rabbi in, in, in the Spanish-Portuguese congregation, although he was at, at a later point chief rabbi in, 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 uh, in Hamburg, in, in Germany, his son was Spain, Rabbi Yaakov Emden, what's that? He's from Spain originally, then he's from... I'm not sure, I mean, he did used to sign Samechtet. Which, of course, Rabbi Meir Mazuz points to the fact and says, but this was a true Ashkenazi. His last name was Ashkenazi. Yeah. Clearly, Samechtet doesn't refer to Svaradit Tahor. Separate conversation. But he did sign Samechtet. Anyway, Chacham Tzevi, who in terms of Pesach, Halacha, in the last several hundred years, a very important figure and a very important work, he writes the following with regards to women's mikvaot, women's mikvaot on a Friday night situation. 
He's very very nervous about any heat in them. But it was uh, heated before Shabbat. I don't care if they were heated before Shabbat. Even, like Rav Moshe will write several hundred years later, even a little, even Maim Poshrim, he's a little bit nervous about. He says, we have Gezerat Abalarim. We have to uphold our Gezerot. We have to keep our Gezerot. So he says, the women should go in cold water. They can't do in cold water. His initial suggestion is, do it after Shabbat. They were supposed to go on Friday night, push it off. If they're not able to do in cold water. So they're telling you they can't do it. I can't accept it. So again, you know, what, what's he going to It's very clear. You're doing mitzvah, you're going to be all right. I mean, the Gemara does distinguish it. I remember there was a rabbi who once walked into Knis and he was on, uh, he had a brace on his leg. I said, what happened? He said, you'll never believe it. I was in my office. I was climbing in order to get a book and I fell, fell down. So I said to him, but uh, that's what the Gemara says. He very cleverly, without missing a, a, a beat, responded. He says, the Gemara says that's if it's not Bari Hezekah. The Gemara says, if it's not a circumstance of danger, then you'll be all right. You don't expect it. He said, me, I'm a clumsy person. So of course it was Bari Hezekah, even though I was doing a mitzvah. Anyway, continues Hacham Sevi. He says, I have another way to do this. He says, it's a far off way. He says, ideally, the women, if they're going to use hot water, do it after. It sounds like a, a, a leniency when he's trying to be stringent, but he's not so excited about it, but he's permitting it. After sunset, he defines it as 18 minutes until seta uh, kochavim. Of course, many opinions on this matter. Have the women dip then on Friday, specifically then. Why so? Because what we're dealing with is an isur de rabbanan, a rabbinic violation. During ben hashemashot, this zone, this twilight zone in between sunset and nightfall, it's a twilight zone. We say that rabbinic matters are oftentimes we can be mekil mishum shevut lo alav ben hashemashot. There's no gezera. Well, that's his suggestion. Is he the only opinion on this? Certainly not. Korban netanel is the well-known. Opinion opinion who disagrees. The argument against this is they're going to do a mitzvah, going to do a mitzvah, the gezerah of the rabbis of Rechitzah doesn't apply. They're not going to wash themselves and to enjoy themselves. They're going for a mitzvah. Uh, what's, the, uh, what's the proof text in the, in the Talmud for that? Of course, the Kohen Gadol. The Kohen Gadol had to bathe himself in hot water, or did so, on Kippur. That's the proof of Korban Netanel. What's the counterclaim to that? That was in the Mikdash. The principle is in Shevut by Mikdash. We don't have rabbinic violations in Gezerot in the Mikdash. They were so stringent, not to a regular woman. What's the bottom line in terms of Hacham Vadya Yosef's vantage point of halacha? Lecha Techila, he writes in Hazon Vadya, Halek Vav of Shabbat, page Ayn Het, Lecha Techila, women should go Ben Hashem Ashot. That's his opinion. He says they should go shortly after sunset, before nightfall, again, because of this Gezerah. That's what he's fearing. The Gezerah of the Gemara that we began with. He says, you're not able to? Okay, it's Makom Mitzvah. You could be Somech Lehakil. So he gives credence to Hacham Sevi, whom we had in source number seven. And then he says, but Peshat Sorech, you can do, you can lean on the other opinions, Korban Netanel and others. All right, well, that's our next step forward. So our next step forward was in establishing what is heated. Our answer? Eat it. Right, that's effectively our answer. Uh, there are leniencies, we're not seeing many. So we got the leniency in regards to cold water. 
Uh, what about uh, beyond that? Well, uh, before I go beyond that, um, again, I, I will remind you that we're dealing with throughout our conversation, if it is heated, the only way we could envision until now heated water on Shabbat in a makom mutar is that it was heated beforehand. What about you live in this country? It's a wonderful one. It's called Eres Yisrael, Medinat Yisrael, where they have in all homes, for better or for worse, maybe for Shabbat for better, something called the Dud Shemesh. I've very much suffered because of these Dud Shemesh during my time. Because you know you set yourself up, and I'm I'm an East Indies, and that's right. And you set your you you turned on this what's you know what's what's a solar type of energy that's heating your water in somewhat of a direct fashion. You set it up, and you're certain there was sun out, and uh, you're gonna have your hot shower, and you get in, and all you have is cold water. And for a person who likes his showers and likes to have a certain dependency upon that, it was very very difficult. I told my sisters who both live in Israel that this is one of my difficulties with moving to Israel to which they told me more than once, come visit our homes, fully, fully in control of our duchemesh. It's not the way it was when you were there. I have a bunch of these, uh, you know, nitpicking uh, realities, which my sisters tell me. Israel is progressing on each of them. Anyway, a duchemesh. Is a duchemesh permitted on Shabbat? Because you understand the reality. If a duchemesh is permitted on Shabbat, you found mayim shehu hamu on Shabbat beheter. So our whole conversation kind of gets injected into Shabbat. Now, that's not to say that you got all that much or so yet, right? All you got in a theoretical sense at this point is, now you can do 49% of your body, right? And Shohan Aruch was talking about 49% of your body. Can you find, says uh, Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach, quoted by his student, Rabbi Neubert, here in Shemirat Shabbat Kiel Chetan, source number nine, says, Chacham Vadya Yosef and Chazon Vadya Chalik Vav. He had already written about this earlier in several places in Yabiyah Omer. And others, their understanding, although it's mahloket, this is, in my opinion, the stronger and mainstream opinion, Duchemish is permitted on Shabbat. There's a several-fold argument to make that claim. But once you accept that claim, that the solar panels, or the solar unit, rather, that's, that's, uh, that's uh, heating my water is permitted, well, again, I've opened up 49% of the body to bathing in hot water on Shabbat, provided that's your reality. What's that? Why would it be permitted? Why would it be permitted? The understanding is it's so indirect with regards to what you're using. And the specific issue is, an, is, is a side issue. In other words, the water's already heated. You're just using the heated water. It's the water that's now funneling in, which will now be heated afterwards, which is really what you're worried about. Do you understand why I say that? Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that it's gerama. And you're dealing with a psikreshe, which is potentially potentially lo together with several other arguments. That's the basic direction of this kula. That being the case, again, I've I've brought us forward a bit. I've brought us into absolute hot water, as hot as your duchemesh will make it. In Israel, we're up to forty nine percent of your body um, being, according to Shimuel, according to Hanaruch, being permitted. Let's just read it from Hacham Vadian, source number ten. Yes. Yes, because when, I'll, I'll state it very clearly and quickly now, already just the conventional uh, boiler in America, which I'm going to deal with at the end, but the conventional boiler is completely different. It has a, it has a, a flame on the bottom, what do we call that? Pilot light on the bottom, which means to say it's, it's fire, which is, which is heating it. That's bishul. 
when it's being done from the sun, it's already further removed. It's already only an Isur at most, Midrabanan, to begin with. It's already rabbinic to begin with. It's also indirect. There's a whole, that's, yes, the answer is well, quite quite clearly and unequivocally yes. Says Yosef, If it's from this uh, solar um, uh, water heater, Afilu im so for example, his direction over here is you're using it for uh, cleaning your dishes, right? So I used it for cleaning my dishes. And in turn, as I mentioned to you, uh, Victor, earlier, so some of the water funnels out of that uh, boiler, uh, that channel which is holding the water, and more water comes in. Now that water is heating up on Shabbat. It wasn't heated up before Shabbat. Heated up on Shabbat. Code words for the opinion of Shemuel. It's what we saw in Shohan Aruch. 49% of your The argument is, since it was Beheter, it's no different than Maimshu Hamum of Shabbat. It's permitted, quote unquote, water min Torah. It's a rabbinic uh, a prohibition of full body. Well, that being the case, again, I, we've permitted, we've, we've forbidden a bunch thus far, but we've permitted 49% of your body in Israel, assuming that that's still the technology, which, as far as I know, it is, even though it's better. Um, we've permitted cold waters even in America. Right. Any other angles with regards to the issue of Rehitsa specifically? For permissibility, for stringency, there is. There's a very important one, which, uh, to the best of my knowledge, is sometimes overlooked, but most people are worth their salt, are well aware of the words of Rabbi Akiva Eger, which have been very much accepted. In source number 11, Shohanaru, quoting from Harambam in Hilchot Shabbat, in Siman Shinzai in Sa'ifhe, writes the following, Something which is not a melacha, which means it's not one of the 39 prohibited uh, actions on Shabbat. Not a derivative, toleda either. Both of those are minhat Torah. So this is a violation, midrabbanan. We'll give a few examples of such in a moment. The word shivut is midrabbanan, rabbinic violation. Anything on Shabbat, which is only rabbinically prohibited, a Jew can turn to a non-Jew directly without any barriers, any emotions, any anything. Tell the non-Jew to do it. It's an isum midrabbanan. Talking and telling a non-Jew to do it, even melacha is only midrabbanan. We're dealing with something that's called shivut dishvut. It's two midrabbanans at once, right? I'm talking to a non-Jew, asking them to do it for me. And what they're doing is only a prohibition, midrabbanan rabbinically speaking as well. However, says Shulchan Aruch, there has to be a sorech. It can't hekebi, this is just what I want. You need some benefit for Shabbat, for onik Shabbat, for mitzvah. What other circumstances are defined in a almost objective sense as sorech. says Shohan miksat holi. And this is dependent, we talked about this in earlier classes, in the classes on uh, elevators, and the classes on uh, key cards and so forth, uh, with regards to all the opinions on this matter. But, Shohan words, you have to have either the potential of, of sickness, and that's why you're saying it, or sarich ladavar sorech harbe, you have a real necessity, or mipene mitzvah. Or for, for mitzvah. Okay, all interesting examples. Can you give me some examples more practically? Maran? Okay, you could tell a non-Jew to climb a tree in order to get this shofar. Shofar is a mitzvah. Or, here we go. Lehavi ma'in derech haser shelo irvul lirhotz bo ha-mitzta'ir. Yes, Shosrim. Hanaluk says that you're allowed to tell the non-Jew 
to do an isum and rabbanan, carrying in a rabbinically prohib- prohibited domain, and bring you that water, hot water, for mitzta'er, not for holy, for mitzta'er. Define the word mitzta'er. Mitzta'er sounds to me, sounds to be Akiva it's uncomfortable for you. It's still going to be hard to define who's uncomfortable. Am I uncomfortable? I told very you a few subjective. moments ago. <laughs> Sounds very subjective. Well, I was like, how are we defining East and East? These are very subjective, hard things to define unless you have much broader shoulders than me. Luckily, there are others who have much bro- had much broader shoulders and have, and uh, they, they were very clear on this it's matter. Today, that if it's you can ask a boy to... Tzorech, for Tzorech Shabbat, for Tzorech Mitzvah. I, I know, it, it, it is in circumstances we could discuss separately that, that you're not aware of invoked constantly uh, to the extent that entering into this synagogue on Shabbat uses this hit there based on maybe yeah says says hot water I mean that's an interesting point the assumption is hot water I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, it's, it's, it, maybe it's a jump. Uh, okay. it, no question, but Be'ur Halacha in Siman Shin Chavav. Siman Shin Chavav was the Siman that was dealing with the issue of heated water. Sites, heated water. I gotcha. Uh, sites, I mean, the water had to be heated before, and there's no questioning that. Sites from Rabbi Akiva Eger. Rabbi Akiva Eger and his Chidushim writes that Shabbat. Remember those words? It told us that what sort of circumstances permitted if the water was heated. If you have issues of discomfort and agonized, even though it's not affecting your entire body already, getting a little interesting. In the context of hot water. Again, I ask you, are we mitzta'er? Come on, we're not mitzta'er, are we? Says Chachamvadya Yosef. We'll skip for a second. Let's go to 13, because Chachamvadya Yosef, you'll see for how similar his wording is to source number 13. Chachamvadya Yosef was very diligent in his research. He cites where he gets things from, to the extent that he has almost verbatim, verbatim statement over here to a book that preceded him, and that's Shmirat Shabbat Gilchitas, the book I referred to earlier, of a student of Rav Shlomo Zalman Arbach, a rabbi who died in 1995, a Yerushalmi rabbi. This is a student, Rabbi Norbert, who passed away just a few years ago, whom I was privileged to ask several questions uh, to when I lived in Israel. And afterwards, he writes, A person who, on a consistent basis, takes showers. Uh, and uh, they have a hard time if they don't take a shower on any given day. He's, and in the notes, he's, he makes clear he's quoting from his rabbi, Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach. Oh, or um, objectively, a, a sick person. Hard to objectify, but we do objectify. You're allowed to wash your entire body, even on Shabbat. Again, the water needs to be, quote, permitted water. So if you're in America, we can't really come up with such an example that yet. If you're in Israel, so you're using your duchemish. I went now in Israel from 49% to 100% regular bathing on Shabbat. Where did you get the permissibility? From Rabbi Akiva Eger, who in turn derived it from source number 11, Shohan Aruch. Shohan Aruch said that if it's a circumstance of mitzta'er... That's all the one that Rabbanan. You do your whole body and you mitzta'er. Yes. The whole issue is a Rabbanan. The whole issue is a drabanan. I'm, I'm dealing with a twofold drabanan issue. So that being, well, not even on Shabbat. Chambad Yosef is. Is that why it's drabanan? Yeah. Because the water was made hot already. 
the water is hotter. I mean, you're not heating the water in a, in a prohibited the uh, oraita issue way. Well, that being the case, it says Chacham Vadya Yosef here in source number fourteen and Chazon Vadya Halek Vav on page Pehet Mishragil Hitrachet Kol Gufo Mideyom Biyomo Vim Lo Hitrachet BeShabbat Bechol Gufo Yitzta'ir Meod Mutar LaDrachot Et Kol Aguf Gam BeShabbat Memaim Shu Hamu Meir BeShabbat UBilvad She Yizaher She Lo Yisachet Ha'arotav He has to just make sure that his hairs are not being squeezed an issue that we addressed earlier. Well, that being the case, again, what we've established thus far, what Chacham Vadya Yosef, what Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach will walk us into is a permissibility with regards to, for a person who's mitzta'ir, hot water even today for their bath. Okay. How or when did we get from 49% to now Kogufo? Right there. This would be Akiveger. Akiveger reads the words in Shohan Aruch. And Shohan Aruch has a permissibility for a mitzta'er. What sort of mitzta'er? Now it's true, Shohan Aruch is in the context of telling a non-Jew to do it for you and you have a shvut, a shvut. But it now defining for us mitzta'er, taking off from that, Rabbi Eger suggests that b'makom tsa'ar, rechitza is not an issue on Shabbat. Rechitza of the whole body. The whole body. And if it wasn't the whole body, it was permitted anyway. He doesn't necessarily read that into the Gemara or, read the, or derive it. It's from separate the from the Gemara. It's separate. It's, uh, the Gemara is presenting an issue. Now that I'm mitzta'er, he's, he's suggesting the Gemara is not applicable. Uh-huh, well, it. that being the case, again, I haven't let us American-dwelling Jews uh, that far because I'm still stuck American-dwelling Jews in my cold showers and my cold bathtubs. I mean, maybe that was significant in and of itself if you haven't taken your cold shower or bath recently. Uh, is there room for moving further with regards to showers? So again, as I mentioned, people for one reason or another, which we'll address right now, distinguish between hotels and private homes. Why would you distinguish? The general uh, argument of, of, of permitting, and there have been some who have even written some, is that in a home, the way we mentioned earlier, classically at least it worked, was when you open the hot water faucet and let out hot water, there in turn is cold water which is entering into your boiler in your basement or wherever your boiler is in your home. That boiler in turn is heating up new water, that's an issue from the Torah, that's Havana, that's Bishul on Shabbat. You might have the pilot light lit already, but now that you're letting more water in, that's heating it up. That's the prohibition. In terms of taking the shower, once we establish that you're a mitzta'ir, okay, so then you could take the shower. I understand that it's permitted for you to take a shower. Even kol gufor, they're all accepting that. However, the leading in, the letting in the extra water, that's what presents the issue. The question in turn was, and, and, and that, that was generally assumed, is that in a hotel, which is a large hotel and has many non-Jews or not, whatever the circumstance is, and the water is constantly streaming and flowing at normal times to take showers or to use hot water, well, that means to say that as I open my hot water, I'm not aiding in the entrance of new water into this. There was already water flowing in. Was, at all times, there's, hot, there's new cold water being let in, and as a result... Even if by your shower, there's not more. It's a steady stream. It doesn't work like that. It's a steady stream. Steady stream. The assumption. You're right. Maybe it's too much of an assumption to begin with. But that was the assumption. It's not a terrible assumption. But it has a. a the only reason it's it's not. I, I I caution using this assumption is because I'm told that the way most hotels have boilers, not most, many hotels have boilers today, is uh, or heat their waters in a different way. The way hotels apparently newer hotels or some newer hotels do it is the 
a similar way to when you'll use a, a cold water cooler and you use it for the hot water. Have you ever wondered when you press the hot water, somehow there's immediately hot water, and yet if you were to remove the, uh, the Poland spring bottle from on top, it's all cold or it's room temperature. How did it get hot so quickly? The answer is, as you press that button, it ran through that regular water through coils, which immediately heated the water to the extent that it came out boiling hot. The argument of some, or the understanding of some, is that's the way hotels work today as well. Every time you open your hot water faucet, you are you, you are having an insta-hot circumstance, and that's heating water. Well, if that's the way the water is being heated, if anything, hotels would be more stringent than private homes. Again, that's a reality that needs to be determined on a case-by-case basis. Um, it, with regards to, to that specific detail. What about in a private home? So I took you from a hotel, where I say it has to be dealt with, and you might, have, you might have an easy time, you might have a difficult time. What about in a private home? We said there's no way of getting around this, is there? There's only the Duchemish, and the Duchemish we don't have in America. Maybe not. Maybe there is yet another direction with regards to American circumstances, and that is on many boilers, if you speak to the plumber in advance, the plumber can regulate the temperature of your boiler. You can do it. Turn, turn it down. Uh, you very you much, you very much overestimate my capabilities <laughs> and assume <laughs> and assume that I know where a boiler is. Like um, you know, I've seen pictures of boilers. I've read books on boilers. I've never touched a boiler, but yes. But the issue that we said with the dude Shemesh, that we said the Shemesh heating it up alleviated a problem, but that there was the fact that there was water coming in that was being heated up again was also alleviated by the fact that it was there was a garama a gerama issue. Right. Does gerama not apply with the boiler? The the argument based on the technology of Hacham Vadya and and Rav Shlomo Zalman Arbach is that that's a true gerama. This is not a true gerama. The way the system operates over there is it's 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 stalled. Just that's the way it's built in. Whereas go, over here, it comes straight in. It's not a gerama. It's psikreshe. It's davar sheinom mitkaden is what you what you, you mentioned, but it's psikreshe, which means to say, I'm not intending to let in that water, but it's certainly going to take place. You might say to me, and it might be a good argument, but I don't care about that water that's being let in because I'm not going to take a shower or I'm not going to use hot water on Shabbat that exhausts the whole uh, boiler, which is an interesting question. It gets into the nitty-gritty of how we define whether you're interested in this or not. First and foremost, even if you're not interested, it's still rabbinically uh, prohibited, so it might not be Torah, it's rabbinically prohibited. But anyway, for the regular functioning of your boiler, you do want that water coming in, otherwise your boiler breaks. And as a result, the argument... Generally speaking, it's a psikreshe even deni haleh that you're interested in. So now we're introducing another concept of a certain temperature. And that's, that's where I'm going. That's, that's where I'm going right now. That's to get below yad so That's to get below yad so Well, hang on. What? Hang on. These guys are ahead of you. These guys are ahead of you. Here we go. Source number 15. There's no fire. Even without fire, you're still saying it's a major problem. I'm saying that's a problem, yeah, because you're heating. Bishul. Now, the question is, you are correct, the, the, the question is, how am I defining Bishul and Shabbat? It's an issue we actually addressed on Shabbat. Does it need to be just a regular way of heating, of, not of heating, of cooking, or does it alternatively need to be, as you said, a fire source? Either way you slice it, you're probably going to be dealing with an Isumidra Banan. 
Well, that's a machloket of Gedoleha Aharonim I mentioned on Shabbat. Famously, Rav Moshe Feinstein and Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach, the same rabbis we're dealing with here, have that machloket with regards to something like a microwave, which has no fire source, but certainly could be argued, Rav Moshe argued in 1971, that it was a regular way of cooking. So it's the same thing that would kind of creep up over here. Ultimately speaking, it's still going to have a prohibition directly appended to it. Uh, in, <laughs> indeed, indeed, I suppose so. Just before we, we get to private homes, back to hotels, it shouldn't matter if most of the hotel is Jewish because there's a constant stream. Assuming there's a constant stream, so then it's permitted, you'd have to do that research. My understanding... No, assuming it's a constant stream, but let's say 99% of the hotel is Jews. Then it's certainly permitted. But again, no, why is there a constant stream? Nobody told me. Doesn't matter. But why is there a constant stream? They cause the constant stream? Doesn't matter. You're not so being, you're not directly being made in it. No, it's just it's constant, constant stream is the issue. When you've asked me, maybe in the past, people have asked me, and I ask them, how many Jews are in the hotel? Right. I'm referring to Jews that are going to be following the halakha on this. In other words, assuming that the hotel, 95% of it, are not going to be taking a shower on Shabbat, then I say to you, I can't assume for you there's a constant stream. Although people have argued against me. People say there's a kitchen going, there's a this. That's very it's much, very much con- contingent on reality. It's only going to be a constant stream of this constant using of hot water. Keep in mind, there's a boiler. This is not a this is not an eternal uh, basin. It should be during shower time. Right. So so that's shower that's as the whatever. the only places I've seen this written always mention together with it during times of normal showering, okay. which makes a lot of sense. Again, unless you argue the hotel is so big and there's so much going on that it's on a constant basis and you'd have to do that sort of research on it. But yes, again, I caution you through all this to just check the reality that it's not being done with coils because right. coils, that's the whole thing doesn't begin. Still right. on now, the boiler. I don't know how you put a cup of water into a constant stream and, and that's okay. If you're no, it's always the, the, the you're flame not, is the, the it's, boiling water. If it's a constant you're stream, you're not adding to it. The stream was going already. You took yeah, a shower. You took a five-minute, ten-minute shower while that constant stream was going. You didn't change anything. The stream was going already. You didn't add to the stream. We Okay, so the question is if that is the reality and how much you need to be mistapik in that. In other words, that would now get into what we call psikreshe l'she'avar. In other words, I shouldn't have assumed this was going to happen, but now, circumstantially, this happened, and generally, so it's mahluk between Taz and Bi'akiva Eger, we're mekil on it. Chambadia Yosef and others are mekil on psikreshe l'she'avar. Right, we're getting a little too complicated over here. Let's just get to boilers and setting them at a specific, uh, specific heat. Why should it be a specific heat? What are we referring to? In Shohan Aruch here, in Siman Shin Yod Chet, Sa'if Yodal, in source number 15, he's, uh, it's a whole Siman, Siman Shin Yod Chet, which is dedicated to the Isur of Bishul, of cooking on Shabbat. Um, uh, the question is, how do we define, how do we objectify cooking? Well, of course, it's going to have to do with a certain amount of cooking on the object. But furthermore, before that, what's the temperature at which this item is being cooked? We're going to have objective measures for defining uh, bishul. The answer is the words of the Gemara, yad soledet bo. Lislod means to burn. When your hand burns on it. So Victor made a motion of just touching and pulling back. Shohan Aruch specifically, the way he says is, It's that if you were to place that water almost on, the, on the, the stomach of the baby, it would be burnt over there. These are all hard definitions. Benish High famously says it has to do with how people cook this item. That's the measurement of the cooking. Uh, well, I need more objective term determinations. I'm talking about setting my boiler. Let, 
I'm going to be very clear on what I mean by setting the boiler. That's what I mean. Listen until the end. So first and foremost, just without getting an end to any of the proofs and any of the counterproofs, what is the definition of Yatsoledit Ba? As I said, uh, we don't know. So what do we need to do in these sorts of circumstances? In Isum and HaTorah, we go the Humrah on this. Well, what's the Humrah? It means that in depending on the circumstance, over here I'm going to go with the minimum number that's suggested by the poskim as being Yad Soledit Bo, that when it gets to that temperature, you are cooking. If you're below that temperature, you're not cooking. The minimum, the lowest number that's suggested, the best of my knowledge, is 40 degrees Celsius. 40 degrees Celsius is 104 degrees Fahrenheit as per Google this morning. Well, that being the case, that being the case, Ham Ben Siona Bashol gives that measurement in source number 18. There are others who gave other, Rav Moshe Feinstein was 45, uh, Rav, Rav, uh, that's Rav Arbach, Rav Moshe Feinstein was 43 degrees, each one of them has a different eye on this matter, it's in Yisum in HaTorah, and we don't have a full definition to it, Lehumra is 40, 40 degrees Celsius, 104 degrees or so Fahrenheit. Now what do I mean by the significance over here? If you were to, and you have to listen to this fully and completely through, set your boiler in a way that it cannot, at the very least on Shabbat, go over 104 degrees Fahrenheit in terms of the water coming in being heated up, then you're not violating the Isur of Bishul. Let me be clear about that again. It's not that, and in my home I have a shower which says the degrees on it. So I, I once talked about this in a different context. Someone said, okay, I just turned the knob and I did it only 100 degrees. I'm okay. But the water that now funneled into my boiler was being heated at a much higher temperature. It's much higher. It's that the boiler has to be set to that lower temperature so that there's no bishul taking place in the halachic respect. If that were to be the case, because if you, you are to do that. Because Rechitza, we're mitzda'er, as we said earlier. Because we're mitzda'er. If we're mitzda'er, we no longer have a Rechitza issue. Bishul is our major issue. Ironically, ironically, if that's the reality today, homes could be, if you said it that way, better. There are other complications with regards to specific boilers because many boilers that are being installed today are electric boilers. It's not that an electric boiler doesn't have a way of dealing with it. It's that I'm not fully proficient with regards to electric boilers. But electric boilers could pose another d difficulty as well. The classic conversations with regards to these gas boilers, the boilers that just have a pilot light, and then they're being heated up not with an electric source other than the pilot light, similar to an oven of some sort. But that's that that's the conversation. Should just go ahead. The electric just goes back to the whole coil thing, and the whole instant. It might, it might, because the question is as well, how often and when is it being triggered? In other words, is that is, is that that's what I'm uncertain about. I, I spoke with a, uh, I was once at my brother. I told this story on another occasion, and my brother-in-law in, in Farakaway was actually Yom Tov, and he said to me, "But we have a new boiler. We have an electric boiler. Based on my understanding of that boiler, Yom Tov, which could lend to much more leniencies, which we didn't address here, because Bishul on Yom Tov already, if it's Davar HaShaveh Nefesh, which we're establishing, generally speaking, showers is something everyone wants. It's much more permitted. You don't need to lower the temperature. Well, but if it's an electric boiler, then you deal with a Havarayish. I was not so certain that it could be permitted, but I, he asked me. I said to him, you have to ask. So we went to the, his knees, to his shul, and we asked the rabbi, and the rabbi was a 
a world-renowned posek halacha, or the son of a world that said that it's, it's permitted. I couldn't understand his logic, his rationale, but he said it was permitted. It might have something to do with, in general, electricity, maybe on Yom Tov, in this sort of context. Maybe he was willing to add it as a leniency. It might have to do with the heat source in terms of Bishul and Havara works. I can't tell you exactly his rationale, but I can tell you that's something else that needs to be looked into. But the general standard boiler in a home is one that's not electric-based, as far as I'm familiar. Certainly, the ones I own, even though I haven't seen them too many times, I do know how they, you know, how they operate in the most basic sense. And as a result, piecing everything we discussed together, we began the class by addressing the issue of rehitza, a rabbinic violation, a rabbinic prohibition from the Gemara. Shulchan Aruch told us about in Siman Shin Chavav. The best we were going to get to is 49% of a body being bathed in hot water, which was permitted hot water on Shabbat. 49% at once. Of your body at once. Yeah. Because also showering, I remember you once mentioned that showering isn't the same as bed bathing because it's kind of ever by ever it's forty nine percent. You're not dunking. I suppose so, but I would. Ever ever is forty nine percent. That's hundred percent. Ever ever is hundred percent. That's Rav's opinion. Shemuel is panavia davirachla forty nine percent. Well, we we pushed this forward and we asked, well, what about cold showers? At least cold showers, we were quite clear, would be permitted. Uh, what about hot showers, but not too hot, and the water somehow was not too hot, whatever this, it's a mikveh of some sort. Hacham Vadya Yosef, the truth is, he's, he's, he's veering on the side of caution, not only because of Hacham Tzivi, but because of Radvaz, one of Hachme Misraim, who, who was Mahmir on this matter, and said that, that was the generally accepted custom, that hot water should not be bathed in on Shabbat, not even for a mikveh, not even b'makom mitzvah, but b'sha'at ha'sorech, he permitted. Okay, was that to close the door for any permissibility? Chacham Badiah Yosef, not so fast. If you're living in Israel, if you're using a duchemish, so then you'd have a permissibility to use that water, and as a result, 49% of your body can be immersed in that water. You can take a shower in that water. That's it? Maybe that's it? No, we suggested from Rabbi Akiva Ego, B'makom Sa'ar, Mitzta'er, define Mitzta'er. What is Mitzta'er? Says Hacham Vadya Yosef, said Rabbi Shlomo Zaman Arbach, people, as I mentioned, with much broader, maybe not physically, but in the, uh, in the, in the halachic, in the Torah sense, broader shoulders than, than any of us, certainly, you know, uh, by, uh, in, in a big way, their definition is a person who showers every day. And as a result, will be very uncomfortable without a shower. That being the case, there's a permissibility in terms of showering. If the war Water source is one, which is a permitted water source. We said, how are you going to find that in America? Perhaps hotels. Perhaps. We discussed the difficulties of establishing that in a hotel, but if it's a big vat, if it's a big uh, boiler, and a, or, or, or better yet, it's a big building and has a constant flow of water into it, well, in such a circumstance, there's plenty of room to be uh, to be matir in a hotel. Uh, I will caution through all this, again, in terms of squeezing, squeezing hair, squeezing the towel. That's an important thing to be reminded of. Um, furthermore, in hotels, or in contrast, in hotels, we said, it's not so certain that that's the way the technology they're using today, that would be very important, absolutely necessary to somehow clarify. I can only imagine you walking to the front desk and saying, <laughs> can I find out? It reminds me of many of my other strange experiences in life, similar circumstances. How is your water boiled? You'd have to speak with their manager, speak to the manager, and ultimately not receive a, a reply. But I guess if you know the owner of the hotel, you know, we sometimes have that. You can, can get the reality on that. What about an apartment?
private home, which ironically might come out with a larger, more room for Hekula, we suggested that if you will be subverting the issue of Bishul. How could you get around the issue of Bishul if the water is not getting to in your boiler on Shabbat above 104 degrees Fahrenheit? You're not hitting Bishul, but the boiler has to be set as such. Or someone told me there's such a reality, you could just turn off the boiler. Turn off the boiler, it's true, your water won't stay that hot until the next day. They have no issue whatsoever. You could just turn off the boiler and use any hot water that's left in it. There would be absolutely no problem. Alternatively, B'Sha'at HaSorech, you could do the following as well. I don't know what the Tzorich would be, but let's say you're in some sort of pressing situation. It's a little bit scary, but you can leave on a hot water uh, uh, faucet. Oh, did he? How do you like that? Leave on a hot water faucet. Really, I heard it in the name of someone else. Well, you, you can leave on you drip. That's all you need. Again, once there's a drip, it means there's a constant streaming into your boiler. Once there's a constant streaming into your boiler, well, I don't know if he increased it or decreased it. I don't know if he just relied on the drip to warm the water. For the I water. would have just a steady stream. You'd have to look into the reality okay. on this. Coil, coil can't be okay. That's correct. No, no, that's correct. Okay, but what I'm telling, what I'm explaining to you is, I there's there's certainly room for leniency in such a circumstance. I, Absolutely. Once I have a steady stream in my bathroom with hot water, I can now go into my kitchen. Again, assume I have the proper sponges and proper everything, I could clean my dishes with hot water because now I'm not adding hot water to into my boiler, which was the specific issue over here. Um, but if you can find a way to set the boiler, alternatively to turn off the boiler, alternatively to have the steady stream into your boiler, like in the hotels, you built that type of situation, Truth is, we could. I just came up with this in our class. You could solve the hotel issue just like that. Leave your your bathroom faucet on, assuming it's not the coils. Assuming it's not the coils. But you were nervous earlier, Victor, about or maybe there's no one else taking a shower. As long as I have my faucet going from before Shabbat, there's a constant stream into the boiler. Now, if that's the reality, which it should be, now I could take a shower as well in the hotel, assuming that I'm stringent and careful about the squeezing and any of those sorts constant of. Issues. The help? Not that I know of, because that's a constant stream of boiling the water. Each time that you're doing it. The hot water here that we use for tea or coffee, is that an issue with the It's set with a time, yes. But it's set. Some of them are boiling hot. Sure, but the only issue is that you're boiling it on Shabbat. If you set it before Shabbat, there's no problem, right? If you were to, if you have a boiler, a, a hot water urn that's connected to the, a pipe, and every time you take water, it funnels water in, that would be a problem. We're not dealing with that sort of reality. So you have to turn it on a certain amount of time before Shabbat, so it's not cooking on Shabbat? No, as long, long as it's set before Shabbat, it's okay. Even with a timer, under most circumstances, even if it's with a timer. You know, you shouldn't do it 20 minutes before. It should be like an hour. Do it in or a, a do it as much as in advance as you can. Or, or in you a know. second before. Right. 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 Uh, understood. Be right. Now, in terms of yeah. if you're in the shower under one of these circumstances, what sort of soap can you use? Should you use? And so forth. There's a very briefly. We'll address this. Ashkenazim would be Mahmira, Moshe Feinstein, and others with regards to bar soap. They have it as an isun molid, an isun midrabbanan. Hacham vadia Yosef in his and elsewhere is matir even bar soap. Uh, that means to say that without getting into discussion, a separate class that we've addressed in the past, then you could use bar soap on your body. What about shampoo? Well, shampoo would pose an issue with regards to squeezing. However, what you could do is before your hair is, if you have hair, um, wet, you put the shampoo in the hair. 
and then let the water just stream from it, being careful not to squeeze throughout. Under such a circumstance, you could even clean your hair. Why would it be any different than you know cleaning your body, provided that you're not squeezing it? Yes, Victor. Is it ever better to tell a non-Jew to turn on the shower for you, even in a coil situation? Is that better? Is that I uh, again the coils, as far as I understand it, is an isum in Hatorah. You're asking a non-Jew to do it. It's an isum in Hatorah. You can't. You can't ask a non-Jew. It's amirad amirad nochri b'makom b'makom isum mitzvah isum in Hatorah. I wouldn't permit it. Is that because the specific um, prohibition mid oraita dealt with heating up a metal? Well, heating up a metal is certainly a direct derivative of it, um, or, or, or a direct so isur. No, I just have it as, bishul again, I think, you, I think you need to assume it's bishul. Even though it's not a fire source, I assume it's bishul. That's my assumption, generally speaking, that even the coil would be an isum in HaTorah. If you were to argue, again, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far unless it was really pressing, that we could depend on the opinion that coils, if there is such a thing, you know, is not a regular way of cooking. You know, it's similar to the microwave conversation. And you told it to a non-Jew, so then, yes, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't find myself in Be such clear, a situation. You're not that every time if you shower every day automatically. It's if you shower every day and you would be mitzvah. Indeed, yes. It's not automatic that because oh, you shower every day you are a mitzvah. Correct, to be clear. correct. No, it's to be stated clear. as separate points, if yes. I, if I cut my boiler all together, for the first few hours, I, I think you'd still have a hard time letting water into there because of Tata Gabar. Right? You, but you told me you cut the boiler. I cut the boiler. New water still coming in in the first hour. Oh, it's yes. still too hot. Yes, that's an interesting yeah, I point. I think you have to wait. Yes, understood. I was, uh, uh, Jeffrey is, uh, and it's very important to note, Jeffrey says, once, I, once I've diminished, assuming I didn't diminish throughout the week, assuming throughout the week I have over 105 degrees, and only for Shabbat I lowered it to 105 well, degrees. Well, if I cut it all together, I'm not letting, oh, cut, cut, the, cut yeah. the power on it, yes, yes. In such a circumstance, the water that's now funneling in, because of the water which is already in it, our assumption is, in a keli rishon, it's tata agavar, you're now dealing with a circumstance where the water from beneath is heating the new water coming in, even though, no, it's less than 105 degrees, no, so but think about, so let, uh, wait an hour, to, but again, we're dealing, generally speaking, I assume, next day showering no, in such, showering. such, such circumstances. Right. All right, baruch adonai